Hi everyone, Anthony Fantano here, internet's busiest music nerd, and it is time for an interview on this latest episode of the Needle Drop Podcast. And in this episode, we are featuring Mr. Jason Williamson, frontman and vocalist of the UK music duo Sleaford Mods. I reviewed their latest record, Key Markets, a few weeks ago, loved it, thought it was fantastic, so I thought I would get this interview together and take this opportunity to, along with you, sort of dive into the duo's sound, their message, their background, and all of that. However, in the midst of recording this interview, my digital recorder, in technical terms, shit the bed. However, I was able to record a bulk of this interview, like about 95% of it. The only part of it that ended up being missing were the first two questions or sort of statements that kicked off the whole interview, just kind of talking about Sleaford Mod sound and kind of breaking the ice a little bit. The part I was able to salvage, the pretty much the entirety of the interview, except for these two questions, kicks off in a moment where I'm asking Jason about the slang, the language that is used in Sleaford Mod sound, and sort of the picture, the cultural picture that that slang, that that language paints, and sort of how using that language that is familiar to a very specific place can mean a lot to people who are from that place, but simultaneously, in a way, also alienate people who who that language, that place may be completely unfamiliar to them. So having said that, I'm going to leave you guys into the interview now, just knowing that those two those first two responses, those first two questions are missing. They are gone now. However, the rest of the interview, everything else that was recorded and did happen was left entirely intact. So yeah, we're just basically missing this interview's first few minutes and that's all. So without further ado, here is the interview with Jason William of Sleaford Mods. Thank you for listening and you're the best. Do you feel like a, a lot of the time, sort of the topics that you're diving into, and, and not to say that this is something that needs to change or should be altered, but do, do, do you sometimes feel like just by being yourself and being true to yourself, you're sort of alienating potential listeners just because a, a lot of sort of the frustration that you're expressing on the record comes immediately yeah. from where you're located and where you live? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I mean, I'm aware of that, but I mean, it's important um uh, for me and for Andrew as well to to uh, to write good music, mm. um, and I think that in many respects, good good creativity is usually uh, usually only born out of being honest with yourself and singing about the things around you. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, especially with this kind of music. Um, one thing I noticed with a lot of the the mid ninety period hip hop is that it was completely local and um, smothered in slang and absolute gibberish, nonsensical paragraphs about God knows yeah. what they were going on about. But you still kind of more or less understood it in a way, and that really influenced me and kind of inspired me to think, well, you know, without trying to rap, why not just take on that kind of attitude? Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm aware of that, but it's it's important to do good music. It's it's not enough to broaden your audience purely because 
it's going to bring you in a few more record sales mm. or it's going to bring you in, um, <clears throat> you know, bigger crowds or, you know, you're going to conquer whatever country. That's not important. What's important are the tunes. The tunes are paramount. And, you know, that's what makes Sleaford Mods good in the sense of uh, the, w- the way we approach it, you know. Um, that's I think we've achieved um, a, a good body of music through that. Well, I think, um, I mean, while... while you know, on one hand, you do sort of sacrifice those extra record sales by not sort of yeah. broadening the the things that you're talking about and sort of including this slang that people aren't necessarily going to get the first time they listen to it. I mean, the, the thing yeah. about the flip side of that, and, and I personally like specifics, you know, I, I like things yeah. that hone in and give you kind of a sense of place. You know, I kind of, uh, yeah. through your music, I mean, I don't get an exact picture of where you're from and what you're dealing with, but it gives me an right. idea of a different world or a different area or somebody else's walk of life. And I think the mm. positive of, you know, sort of appealing not to that lowest common denominator is the people that do get into your stuff really fucking love it because they feel like it speaks yeah. to them and they feel like they yes. identify with it in this deep way because I hit, I hit up <laughs> your, your little Vans. Uh, no, it was like the Ray-Ban set over at Primavera sound and oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. almost every person, I mean, I, I can't say, but I mean, I, I would like to think almost every person who was there, I, I, I would like to think that almost every person from the UK at that festival tried to show up at that Ray-Bans gig. And yes. like, you, you know, just, I, I was, I was, it was, it was probably the only spot in the festival where I was among the most English speaking people because everybody there was just like from your area and just like really cared about your music. And I was, and, 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 oh, if, wow. and a few well, people, well, okay. yeah. And I mean, a few, a few, a few people had recognized me and I was asking them about how they found out about Sleaford Mods and, yeah. um, you know, they just like had really strong, passionate opinions on, uh, on your music sort of, uh, I guess representing, you know, sort of, uh, where they're from, you know? And, and I, yeah. and I think that sort of to go back to the nineties hip hop thing, Um, you know, that's what a lot of people loved so much about New York hip hop. I mean, this is from New York, we're from New York and you know, you're just sort of putting on for the immediate area that you're from, you know, it's, it's, it's not really about being on a big arena, but kind of, uh, reflecting the everyday lives and struggles of the people who, you know, you're standing shoulder to shoulder with when you're not on stage. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I got that after a while, that's what I started to see. Um, but I was also aware of the fact that obviously you needed good tunes as well. You know, all all of that other business we've just discussed isn't enough. You need good songs as well. You need to you need to find some kind of a formula. And seven years ago, when I, I kind of accidentally stumbled across it, I'd got that mm. formula, but it was it was just a case of uh, uh, just rearing it and um, letting it grow and trying to push it this way and that way, and you know, coming to the conclusion eventually that I needed another dimension with me on stage visually you know uh and i needed it to be homegrown because i used to depend on loops all the time from other records which eventually became quite it became quite apparent that was not feasible you know so um yeah so basically yeah are are you and andrew sort of playing drums and bass or keys or whatever and kind of just looping them yourselves Um, a lot of the loops a lot of the loops are either done on the spot on on the iPad, we just use really kind of cheap things mm. to do it. Or uh, Andrew's got a backlog, a wealth of uh, recorded material he did with his old band. Um, it, w- it was just instrumental and quite quirky, quite post-punk influenced. 
And I suppose that's where we get the post-punk thing from because Andrew was really into yeah. that. Still is, you know. So um, I was just a basic, <clears throat> you know, meat and potatoes mod, really, to be mm. honest. Um, uh, and uh, so when we get tagged with all this fall John Cooper Clark business, it's, it's kind of more to do with Andrew's kind of um, musical taste in a way, you know. And, um, uh, you know, for, because there are a lot of American people sort of, uh, listening and, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of them sort of aren't in the know. Can you sort of give a, I don't know, <laughs> a quick sort of rundown of exactly what it means to be sort of a mod and kind of, you know, what year that sort of came up and, and the significance of that? Well, it's an old British subculture that goes back to sort of like the early sixties. Um, and it was basically, kind of like working class people uh, kind of recognising uh, this new dawn of um, capitalism, you know, this new, in, you know, the in, industrial revolution right from back then when money started appearing quite frequently and, you know, the free market and all that business and blah, blah, blah. And it was just the kind of poorer end of that uh, civilization trying to keep up with the rest of trying to keep up with everybody else. It was like an ident identity almost. Uh, that's what I got from it. Anyway, it's quite a consumerist thing where you try your best to look good. Uh, and obviously the music at that time was obviously sort of like, you know, rhythm and blues, uh, sort of soul, etc. Uh, and it sort of amalgamated into a little bit of psychedelia and then it sort of vanished uh, around the late 60s and sort of came back um, in a kind of stereotypical sense with with the jam uh, mm -hmm. in sort of like the late 70s. It's had two or three uh, sort of like renaissance periods, I guess. Uh, but I, th I think it's truly sort of dead in the water now, to be honest. Um, but the whole idea was uh, I was still inspired by the ethos of it, you know, the kind of uh, the kind of, I don't know, sort of like the idea that <clears throat> all the bands, all the mob bands that I've been into really did kind of um, create something new and that they were quite singular in, in, in their field uh, and they kind of said something uh, about, you know, the streets, about common things. So um, I wanted to kind of still kind of carry that idea do you know what I mean no I, I I do and I mean I get that I get that sense from the music because the thing is in in one sense it feels really conscious and politically charged like something older but mm. simultaneously there are tracks like pubic hair limited that simultaneously yeah. totally reject any idea of nostalgia or just kind of like simply pretending yeah, like yeah, all this definitely. older stuff is still good yeah, I mean, it's it's not so much nostalgia, it's more that kind of mindset of just trying to be sharp with it, um, just trying to do something more, sort of like not even cutting edge, I think that's a crap way of expressing it, but something that's kind of at the forefront of something, and not because you want to stand out and be individual and be fucking liked by everybody or something, but, but because it means that much to you to do that. Um, and I think um, that's the reason why I put the word mod in the, the name of the band, because when I stumbled across it, I realized it was a real, a fresh way of doing, you know, pretty much the same thing that all the good bands that I've been inspired by had done. And that was to just stick two fingers up and to comment about things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I mean, there's tons of fucking 
commentary <laughs> on the record uh and with and yeah. with the uh i i guess i guess in regards to the commentary the, the first thing i'm wondering is um you know especially with the uh the election that you guys just had you know just uh not too far into the past i mean do you do you feel like the kind of person who thinks that politics in britain if everybody just sort of stuck their hands in the mud they could pull it out from the shit that it's in the midst of or are you just kind of trying to display it for the farce that you you probably think it is yeah i am yeah just display it for what it is i don't <clears throat> i don't think music will change anything um i think if if anything's about to save uh, uh the doomed fate of humankind it will it will it will come from a collective uh a collective effort that isn't born out of you know a few protest bands you know what i mean uh, i think we're a very small speck on the uh, the face of anything that's kind of opposing the the normal day to day mm. um it, it, it's basically there just to expose it for what it is. I've, I've, got, I've got absolutely no faith in it whatsoever. Uh, I just haven't. And um, it's it's that anger and frustration that uh, we try to communicate in the in the music just to reflect that, really. It's, it's, we're just taking the piss out of it, really. But at the same time, um, <clears throat> expressing a, a fair amount of, of, of anger and frustration about it as well, you know. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally get it. But I think, um, I think, I think music doesn't necessarily, um, you know, change things as much as it, as much no. as it reflects the way things are, because I think, uh, I, I think if people weren't feeling at least similar to you on, on some of these songs mm. that it, it, the, the music wouldn't be taking in the way that it is. Most people would probably be just staring at it and thinking, yeah. I have no idea what he's yeah. talking about. Everything's completely fine. Yeah, yeah. That, you've got a good point. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Uh, I agree, yeah. Um, and I, I yeah, I mean, when we... We didn't expect it to leave Nottingham, to be oh, yeah. honest. Um, and then when we started, because the UK didn't want to know initially. Uh, I, I was touring this in... Not touring it, but gigging it in in England before Andrew joined, but it was just kind of welcomed with a, uh, a certain level of amusement and uh, ridicule. Uh, and until we met uh, Steve, uh, uh, the manager and uh, the guy that runs the record label, Harbinger mm -hmm. Sam, um, it, it, you know, we were just, just getting, just basically laughed at at gigs. But his idea was to, take us over to Europe because he saw in it, he saw something in it um, and uh, sort of suggested that we go over to Europe and start gigging over there. So we got a gig at this big festival in um, Belgium and, uh, and we didn't look back from that night onwards. It just went mad. And then that's when the UK started taking uh, notice. You know that that's. Uh, and then we came back and it just rolled like that. You know it's I mean? it's just fucked up how that works because the, it's. The, oh, that's just it's, it's just mad. Well, it, it? it is because the thing is, uh, you know, be, be, being where I'm from, uh, you know, these places that are that are sort of considered a. Uh, uh, wastelands when it comes to any type mm. of like local art. Um, none of it really gets any type of shine or attention until people outside of the immediate area 
start ta- start paying attention to it. Um, it's it's not until the moment it's on some stage in another state or in another country that everybody's yeah. like, oh, something cool is going on here. Well, no, the the thing so, is nothing. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. Um, so it, it it raises your suspicions about why people actually like it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people do connect with it. They do. Uh, but it just shows you how much um, uh, kind of any any form of media or any 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 elevated image within a certain medium uh, does influence people's people's decisions. You know what I mean? It it does. Uh, you know, I, I think it's I think it's hard sometimes for people to to sort of put any kind of uh, investment into some local act. Uh, or, or just some kind of act that they see as unknown just because there are so many people out there trying to plug their music these days. And, and yeah. those little legitimate moments where they may see you on a stage somewhere else, I mean, that's at least a signal that, okay, so this may be worth trying or this is actually worth paying some attention to or sort of taking a chance. Um, you know, I, I, I find all the time, you know, even even some of the more obscure acts that I review that I say, Hey, this is great. Try it out. you know, um, if, if I'm the only person covering it, sometimes people are like, where, where the fuck is this band from? You know, like where's legitimacy here? They don't even have a website. They don't even, you know, are they playing a festival? Like it's, um, but yeah, you know, like, like you just said, it, it does make you question and wonder why people actually like things. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, but you, there's no, there's no two ways about it. People are into it. You can just tell, yeah. you know, the, 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 right from sort of after, um, dividing exit was released, it slowly started building and, and by, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just even before that was released, the people would come to the gigs with the, just the jaws, just the mouths open, gape, gaping at you, you know, and that's what you want. That's what I've wanted all my life. From a band, well, I mean? gaping at you, and then when when I caught you guys, I mean, <laughs> there were a few people down in front that knew every fucking word coming out of your mouth I know, before yes. it even came out of your mouth. I know, I know, it's fucking mad, isn't it? It is really, it's it's, it's brilliant, you know, it's brilliant. It it's um, you know, we're very lucky. So, moving moving forward uh, with with what you guys are doing musically, I mean, are you the type of uh, musical project or artist who? Um, you know, you, you you drop a record, you hone it, you're constantly writing and rewriting tracks, or are mm. you just rapid fire writing one song after another and picking the best out of them, maybe grooming them a little bit and leading up to the next yeah. record? Are you constantly recording or are you giving yourself a little bit of a break and then going to record um, the record? Well, you're right about the second mm. thing. <clears throat> it's just rapid fire and then we might, you know, sort of re-edit it a little mm. bit. Um, but generally... With the way this works is, I'll <clears throat> I'll have the words. Andrew will have the music. He'll put a sample on. Uh, he'll put a loop on, and then I'll just fire away whatever song I pick out of the list of lyrics I've got in my phone. And generally, it works straight away. Um, it might not be as good as some, but generally they kind of work straight away. And there, you know, sometimes we'll go back to it and you know, put an extra extra chorus on the end or um, we'll put a bit of percussion in there. Especially with this last album, we put a few more sort of organy sounds in and stuff, stuff that really suited the um, the mood of the loop, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, <clears throat> but we're not writing at the minute. I'm not writing anything at the minute. I'm writing lyrics, but we're not 
we're not collaborating at the minute. We just uh, Andrew's away, like I said, and um, we've, this, own, this album's been out what a week. So we're gonna we're looking to do another single at the end of the year, sort of thing. Okay, um, and and sort of a progressing with what you guys are doing musically. I mean, obviously there were some changes stylistically to this new record, incorporating some more melodies and more sung vocals. And like you were saying, you know, throwing some more key sounds and just making the beats a little bit more, I guess, fuller sonically. But I feel like so far, and this could always change with future records, but so far Sleaford Mods, I feel like has positioned itself as a very minimal group. You know, it seems like the simplicity of what you guys have going on is really pivotal to, to what you do. Uh, So how do you go about changing your sound into the future while staying true to that simplicity? Don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I think the one thing about it is, I was, t- was talking talking about this the other day to a mate, and he laughed at me because I sort of said, "Well, <clears throat> you can go in there with the idea, and then it's it's really in the hands of whatever's hanging around in the air above you mm-hmm. <laughs> that that brings it together." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It it's it's a lot of risk taking, a lot of gambles. I think without it's a subconscious gamble a lot of the time you just you've got you've got this formula but you know just because you've got the formula doesn't mean to say it's going to work and we didn't really go into the studio with any any fresh way of thinking about the album because i just i was just convinced that the best thing to do is not panic and go in there and, and do it how you normally do it do you know yeah. what i mean uh, i still saw the rant as a viable way of doing it and um so yeah i mean we got in there and then it just it we did our bit and then it took care of itself sort of thing without sound, trying to sound like some fucking Keith Richards type character. But do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, I can't, I don't, I don't know how it's going to move in, move forward in, you know, four or five months or whatever. Uh, I'd like to think that it will move on naturally like it has done for the last album. I think, uh, one of the things that I'm just sort of wondering about, and I'm hoping that you can kind of, uh, illustrate this picture a little bit more clearly is just kind of where you guys are fitting in musically in the grander scheme of things in the UK right now. I mean, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, I mean, are obviously there must be people who are fans of rock music or punk music who are into your stuff. But I mean, are there people who are sort of left over from this mod age who feel just as frustrated and disenfranchised with you and relate to what you're saying? Is there any crossover into a a, a hip hop audience over there in the UK? Um, there's, there's more of a grime sort of scene in, well, there is a big hip hop thing in the UK, but it's kind of gone a bit underground really. No, there's, I mean, Um, you know, you do have your, guys on sort of like high focus who are a little bit more inspired by American hip hop. And then you have the grime stuff and, and there's a pretty big battle yeah. rap thing going on out there. I mean, at least I see a lot of videos of it popping up on YouTube of these battles. Yeah. Yeah. There and, is and, that. Yeah, and then I mean, simultaneously, I mean, you had that feature on the prodigy record. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of, it kind of yeah. seems like, uh, th- there's so much potential for it to kind of grab the ears of people who are just have different musical preferences. And I'm just kind of wondering if that's in fact occurring. Yeah, I think, I think it is a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I constantly scour Twitter, just put my name, put, put the band's name in just to see what people who aren't actually tweeting as a saying about it. I know, I know that's a bit sort of like, <laughs> a bit obsessive, but I mean, I'm, I'm into all the all, all areas of it. You know what I mean? So, and you get, yeah, you get a lot of, you know, you get a lot of people that you wouldn't normally associate with it 
you know, talking about it. Uh, even if they don't like it, they're still talking about it, you know. Um, it does, I mean, we get a cross-section of people at the gigs, but it depends where you play. In London, you get a mixed crowd. In up north, it's, it's well, it's, I don't know, you know, you get a lot of hipsters, you get a lot of lads, you get a lot of mods, punks, you know, you get a lot more women turning up. Uh, which is good. It's great. That's great. You know. Um, so uh, yes, it, it, you can definitely get the impression that it's 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 kind of spreading out to a good cross section of uh, people. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, going into a little bit of a, a historical thing. When when did you meet up with Andrew to start? Um, uh, making this music and, and when you guys got together, I mean that that's when it was Sleaford mods then correctly, or yeah. were you, or was it Sleaford mods sort of a look for, for a time when you were kind of solo or trying to, yeah, it was always Sleaford mods, but it was just me on my own. Yeah. And I used to have an engineer called, uh, he's, he's still, he still does photos for us and stuff called, uh, Simon Parfuman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he used to engineer for me. And so I'd go in there and I'd, you know, sort of produce everything, sort of tell him what, you know, blah, 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 formulate the idea. And he would just do that electronically for me because I've got, I, I don't know my way around a, <clears throat> a computer like that anyway. Um, in that sense, and anyway, in a musical mm-hmm. sense. So, um, yeah, we, I did that for about four years. Uh, and I would just bring in sort of loops from my favorite records. Uh, then it got to a point where I was using guitar, doing looping guitar lines and then drum lines as well. I do my own snare sort of, uh, loops, um, with L Simon. Uh, and then it got to a point where it was just like, well, this needs to move on, uh, fully into sort of original backing music. I can't use these loops anymore. This isn't working. And I met Andrew, I was doing a gig one night, uh, supporting some noise guys from Los Angeles. Uh, I forgot his name now. I think it was John Wise or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I used to get asked to support a lot of these noise guys because the stuff I was doing was a little bit sort of avant-garde or people used to think that anyway, you know, a bit alternative. So uh, there, was, there was this club in Nottingham called the Chameleon Club that always used to give me support slots. Um, and that's when I met Andrew. He was DJing down there one night and uh, I asked him what he was playing. He said it was his own stuff. Um, and it was really good. It was like a real fucked up remix of um, Careless Whisper, I think, if I remember. Mm-hmm by George Michael. Um, and uh, yeah, we got together after that. And uh, what was sort of your musical output before you started kind of working on this project? I mean, you've been in bands before, I'm guessing. Yeah, loads. Rock bands, uh, folk bands, electronic bands, pop bands. And I was in kind of like a sort of beatnik type funk soul band. And anything, you know, anything that kind of... Uh, sort of displayed some kind of style of music that I was listening to at the time, you know. Um, I was just trying to find my feet with it, and uh, it, it just dragged on and on, and I spent many years uh, convinced that it wasn't the thing for me, but for some reason I just kept carrying on with it, because um, obviously it was, you know. So. Um, all right, so fast-forwarding a little bit to just kind of, uh, I guess, the creative process with your lyrics because, you know, I have you here and I can ask you about that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like Sleaford Mods, when I'm listening to a record from you guys, uh, I feel like the, the this really strong sense that 
you guys really want to communicate something, not just to me, but to whoever's listening to the record. But yet, like so much is thrown out there that you really just kind of got to look over it and just kind of uh, just try to pull together exactly what the meaning of it is. Or I mean, which phrases or which statements are more important than others. I mean, is 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 a clear, concise message important to you or is sort of that overload of information, of expressions, of just whatever you're saying sort of really imp- important to the process of, of what you're doing when you're writing? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the earliest Leaford stuff was more storytelling. <clears throat> um, and I kind of really examined that area and sort of got into that quite, quite a lot. And then I started moving away from it, um, partly because time lack of time uh, partly because i'd kind of run out of interesting stories or didn't think i I was communicating anything i was writing down in a story telling sense i didn't think any of that was any good so i started just sort of putting marrying words together that sounded good and putting the odd sort of mini story in there or trying to explain what I wanted to communicate with it in one word, you know, um, and also just sticking the big fingers up, whether it made sense or not. I think along with the sto- uh, storytelling stuff, a lot of the early sleeper stuff was gibberish as well, complete gibberish. So I didn't, that never left me, you know what I mean? I think for some reason I just got better at sort of communicating what I wanted to say within one sentence or one word, uh, I think that's what I'm trying to say here. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and it, it kind of refined it more. And so that, that especially sort of reared its head on dividing exit. And I think that's kind of sort of been the dominant way of uh, sort of telling multiple stories or one story uh, with the new album. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. I think um, uh, it, it just kind of seems like, you know, what you're saying there about uh, the whole gibberish thing. I mean, even in the most yeah. sort of difficult parts of the record, it's kind of hard not to communicate something because everybody's going to sort of yeah. interpret it, interpret everything you sort of throw out there as, as meaning something. Um, mm. But uh, but but yeah, it just kind of seems like uh, I'm, a lot of the frustration just sort of stems from everyday life and just dealing with the system, you know, I mean, in, in the, yeah. I, not to sort of happily use that word cause this is a little cliche, but I don't know. It's, well, it seems right. a little crass ish to an extent, I guess. Yeah. And also the way, the way it is now, the way I write now, I think it, it perfectly mimics that, um, that kind of, you know, you're, you're not, you've got no direction. You don't know where you're going. Your, your compass is completely spinning around all the time. That's how, because life is so fast these days, especially it's, it's, there isn't anything you can cling on to and believe you've just got snapshots, whether it be a brightly lit McDonald's sign or whether it be the brightly lit, uh, off license or the pub or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it kind of, it kind of, it's in that kind of style as well, you know? No, I no, I do. Because the thing is, uh, I don't know. I mean, as, as much as, uh, uh, maybe, maybe some people would have a hard time identifying with this, but I think one of the things that I find so, and I guess this is a weird word to use about the record, but I guess one of the things I find so comforting about key markets 
and, and divide and exit too, is that there isn't some kind of clear political message or slant or idea that comes out of it. In a lot of ways, it seems kind of apolitical because, you know, even, even though I yeah. did make that crass reference, I mean, the thing about them is that, I mean, they always had that kind of same direction message, political slant in their music. And mm. while I still enjoy their music a lot, when, when I hear a lot of groups mm. today come through with that, like, this is our, this is our point of view, this is our philosophy, and we're just going to yell mm. it at you as loud as possible. I kind of end up feeling kind of skeptical because I feel, I, I feel like, well, you know, what are you trying to sell me? You know? Um, cause, yeah. cause I feel like, uh, I don't know, in the information age where everybody's just so overloaded, it's just kind of hard to pick a side, especially since. I mean, any philosophy that you could look up, you could easily find a load of bullshit explaining how it's a farce as well. And it just kind of seems like, you know, it's really hard to trust anyone or anything. That's, that's a very good point um, with some of the kind of social critique writers, <clears throat> political, um, political writers and philosophers that I've been sort of looking at. There's always, there's always another paper completely slagging it off so yeah I, I know what you mean um yeah i mean i mean stuff like crass i mean they did have a kind of political belief set of beliefs but in a way the way steve ignorant sang it it just just made it completely chaotic it almost broke that message up and all you could hear was just fury you know i mean um uh, that's what i get from crass definitely uh, more though more so than some manifesto and i think there was a little bit of one going off on there mm. but um but i think his vocal just it just kills it you know what i mean yeah absolutely and and yeah i mean i think um i i think uh i don't know just just that whole apolitical sort of slant uh, uh it's just kind of uh it's 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 really it's for me anyway sometimes the only slant i can trust sometimes i mean i i i know for example i mean that's what a lot of people sort of i mean even though i can't stand them sometimes i mean that's what a lot of people sort of saw as uh, a saving grace in um a lot of the commentary russell brand had been putting up onto youtube oh, right, and then yeah, and then sort of last minute before the clock ran out he's like hey guys vote labor and, and yeah, yeah, where, sure. whereas up until that point yeah. he was like don't vote don't vote don't vote don't vote it doesn't matter yeah. screw the screw yeah, all that yeah 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 he fucked it up massively he really did fuck it up i mean he was gonna he was always gonna fuck it up you know <laughs> i'm sorry he just was it was just you know on the shop floor man he just he just looks he just looks fucking stupid um and i mean he's got good intentions but he just looks stupid i don't know i don't know what it was the the elevation that surrounded him that killed the message, really. I mean, I can understand him getting really fired up by these books, and we all read books, you know, you get fired up by them. And I can understand why he wanted to put his message across like he'd, he'd interpreted it and, he, and, you know, to coin a phrase, had seen the light, so to speak. But, um, you know, you know, Ed Miliband was clearly fucking useless. Uh, and, and people were like, well, it's better than voting, blah, blah, blah. But it wouldn't have been. It would have been just as bad in Labour Party or in turmoil. Uh, but yeah, it's apolitical music. It's, it's not it's not political music, really, in the sense of uh, the engineering that exists uh, within Westminster. And it's, you know, it's not it's not supportive of that and trying to find a way to 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 oil the machine and to, to, to get it working properly. You know, it's 
it's it's just taking the piss out of it really i wanted to ask you uh this one question considering the 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 prodigy collaboration i mean is that something that you're open to doing with other artists into the future has anybody else propositioned you to sort of hop onto their record and sort of you know lay some vocals on it um i've done a i've done something with left field as well on 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 his uh-huh. album uh, uh a track called head and shoulders of of the new left field album um uh, so yeah, I did that with Neil Barnes. Um, he's kind of the existing member, uh, and uh, you know it's really good. Yeah, but I've not really thought about doing anything with anybody else. You know, I've been gigging with the Prodigy a couple of times. Uh, I've gigged with uh, Leftfield as well, so um, that'll do. You know, for the time being, I think. Um, I think <clears throat> moving forwards, it's just uh, thinking about the new ideas for Sleaford and, and just trying to get some thoughts together about that. You know what I mean? In terms of one of these tracks on the new record, we were taking a different approach vocally tarantula deadly cargo. Not only was that song a little more melodic than a lot of the other tracks on here, but uh, wasn't as overloaded with lyrics, but yet still, uh, a lot of what you were saying on the record seemed like, I yeah. mean, you were calling yeah. it gibberish earlier. I mean, it seemed like hard to put together to me in terms yeah. of what you were trying to say. It just kind of seemed like a really weird story out of nowhere that wasn't exactly trying to amount to anything, but just kind of put this absurd idea out there. Well, that was that song was actually started one night. Me and Andrew were laughing about farting in the tour car, you know, like let, passing wind. Um, and it, and it's stinking and we were just laughing about it <clears throat> and then um i sort of said oh you know it's it's like it's like you know we're like the alien mum aren't we you know where we're dropping off like you know where we're, we're sort of like giving birth to these deadly deadly eggs of uh you know sort of um foul smelling air you know so that's how it started alien mum dropping lethal cargo on the ship and the ship being like the tour van you know <laughs> <laughs> and then I put in Alien Dad because I didn't want to come across as like, you know, just centered around, you know, the female form. I didn't want it to sound misogynistic in any way. So I kind of equaled it out with, you know, Alien Dad doing the same thing, you know. And then it went on to just memories about touring, specifically in Edinburgh, uh, yeah. where I'd gone for a run before the gig. And I've run right up to Edinburgh Castle, you know, sort of, uh, it, it talks about sort of, you know, uh, pebbles, steep streets, you know, um, and, and just little things like that. And that's, that's basically what made the song really. I mean, well, number one, thank you. Uh, because now I will forever have that image in my mind whenever I listen to that song. We, we were just laughing our heads off in, you know, after sound check one night, it was in Edinburgh. We was just, and we were just, and I came up with that line and me and Andrew were just pissing ourselves. And, and that, that's how a lot of the songs start, you know what I mean? Just funny one liners. Um, but yeah, I mean that one was uh, that was that was a key key tune, really. I think. Yeah, I mean, well, I, what was so f- uh, <laughs> it's it's funny that you describe it that way because the thing is, I mean, that's that's what a lot of the songs read like when you just look at the lyrics, but you're delivering it in such an angry way. But if you just look at the lyrics, I I just think like, wow, this you know sounds like stuff that would be hilarious. It sounds like bits of discussion that would have been yeah. jokes in between friends. Yeah, you know, yeah. it kind of sounds like the sort of stuff that when you're with your buddies, you would just kind of casually make fun of it or make jokes or, you know, sort of express your anger about it. But then you just sort of hop onto a stage to show how mad you really are, I guess. 
Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, uh, you know, it's a great vehicle for venting your uh, your anger but, without without a doubt. But something though that you just kind of said that 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 <laughs> caught my attention was how you said you rephrased the vocals to to have a father alien figure in there in order to sort of yeah. sidestep any kind of accusations of misogyny. Whereas, yeah. Um, the, the, the Sleaford Mods wouldn't necessarily strike me as 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 a group or a project. Does Sleaford Mods worry about how people might receive what it says? No, of course not. Not not under any circumstance. Uh, I, I, I definitely would, in the sense of any kind of. I mean, the early stuff was kind of laced with misogyny and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and it suddenly dawned on me that that was not the way to be. And um, it, you know. <clears throat> The war on women was certainly not going to be uh, uh, sort of served out with me in it anymore. So uh, I, I've got my bee in a bonnet about not wanting to sound that way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and and not, uh, obviously neither of us are co-signing misogyny here. Uh, it's no, just that like it's a sound that as soon as you hear it, it seems like the last thing it would be worried about is being offensive. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, would this offend someone? I don't know. Does the person singing this give a fuck? Like, doesn't sound like it. <laughs> but you know, I mean, we. Do, I mean, it still makes me laugh. Yeah, we just, we still laugh at that fucking song. But honestly, if it makes me and Andrew laugh, if it's a one-liner, that will turn into a good song. I guarantee you. It, it, the way we do it and the way I sing and the way the music is, it's just built around, it's just geared up for stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, there you have it. That's, that's what the song was about basically just passing wind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, if that's sort of where a lot of these lines come from, where, where, where did the line eucalyptus, you can fuck off come from? Since since, since that one stuck out to me. I just, I just thought it, um, tastes like, like, um, I think the line before it was, yeah. have it, Dom, I can't eat anymore. Now, Dom is someone I used to work mm. with at the, my last job, and we'd get cakes bought in for us every day, or we'd buy cakes. You know, I got so sick of cakes. And, uh, you know, it's like, I can't eat anymore. Have it, Dom, I can't eat anymore. <clears throat> it tastes like koala waste. I just thought the idea of koala mm. waste was kind of a new way of saying it tastes like shit. Uh, you know, and eucalyptus plants were obviously, you know, the favorite grub of koala. Yeah. So then I just kind of rhyme eucalyptus with you can fuck off. It just sounded so good. So yeah, that's where that line okay, came from. Okay, okay, okay. So, so, so are you, uh, so, so Sleaford Mods, I'm guessing, is, is still sort of a part time endeavor. You're, you're working full time as well as doing this musical project. I finished work, finished work in um, October uh-huh. last year. I'm now a full-time, proper full-time musician. Oh. Um, so, yeah, we were earning, we worked out and we just kept sort of, you know, sort of monitoring it and monitoring it. And we, we were getting that many bookings, it, it made more sense to leave and do that, do you know what I mean? Is is there a, a so, so are you a, uh, are you are you being a full time musician? Are you sustaining a family at home or anything like that? Yeah, I've got I've got a little girl. I'm married, and I've got I've got another little baby on the way as well. So, um, so obviously I had to pull in you know a decent amount of cash. I mean, my wife works as well, uh, but obviously she's going to be off for a year on maternity leave. So, um, but we're in, I'm 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 earning 
more money than I've ever earned in my whole life, you know. Uh, so uh, that's also a big issue at the minute, and it's coming to terms with that. Because, um, I mean, money's not the motivation here. But you, You've got this family going. You're being a full-time musician right now. Uh, so, so I guess I want to use the word graduating. I mean, you're doing what you want to do. You're making music with Sleaford mods and, you know, you're sustaining yourself with it. Uh, but it seems like a lot of your inspiration and your frustration is sort of born out of a more everyday life that a lot of people sort of experience and walk. Uh, so, so, so moving into the future, sort of where do you see your inspiration coming from? Uh, with, with your lyrics that remains to be seen to be honest um, mm. but you know saying that um, a lot of it never really came a lot of it did come from sort of like uh, unskilled labour you know low wages and experiences from that but it also came from individuals who weren't even mm. connected to places that I work you know just, just individuals and the kind of sad and sorry state of their personalities you know so a lot of it came from that and that still sticks but even that in itself it's got to move on I think you can't I personally won't keep doing the same thing you know it's just that's mm. not going to happen and it hasn't happened as of yet so it remains to be seen how it's going to move forward um, but but that's that's what's so great about <clears throat> writing you know you you kind of you can just feel that you've got something still to offer in that department uh, within whatever project you're working on, and I still feel that there's plenty of room left in sleeve for mods. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean absolutely, and I mean I think so far, uh, I've I've enjoyed the sort of jabs that you guys have been able to work into your music as far as artists and performing and venues and just kind of the music industry in general as you kind of continue with this project and sort of, uh, sort of, I guess, get more engrossed in the music industry in a sense. I mean, do you kind of see those teeth kind of sharpening on those issues or is it going to be harder to attack those points because, you know, you're shoulder to shoulder with the people who you're critical with? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I kind of don't mix in them circles. I've been gigging with the project a lot and they're obviously a massive band, you know, um, but uh, I'm getting to know them a bit and they're, they're fucking sound, you know, so I really enjoy their company and playing with them and stuff. Um, but I've got no, I've got no uh, sort of ambition to sort of mix in any other circles. Uh, and even if mm. I do, you know, so what? If, 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 I've, if I've knocked somebody in a tune, so fucking what, you know? It's like what they're going to do, really, apart from sort of have a go at me. But really, I mean doesn't really matter, does it? You know what I mean? It's not going to stop me from doing it. <laughs> um, and as regards, you know, if I feel that, well, you know, I'm in that environment, well, not really, because I, I don't know, you know, people are just people, you know, these, this whole idea of an elite, the elite or the A-list or whatever, it, it just, it disappears when you meet mm -hmm. people. I think a lot of that is just dressed up with PR companies and magazines and the whole idea of the image, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, you must know yourself, yeah. you've talked to plenty of musicians, you know, so it's, they're just people at the end of the day and it, it, it's just opinions, isn't it? You know what I mean? My opinion, you know, people, people might just laugh at it, but you know, it's just my opinion, you know what I mean? Like, they'll put it in a song because it works, you know, that's what interests yeah. me. I don't think people are greatly bothered by it though. I think that's a fantastic place to end. 
I want to say again, this was uh, Jason Williamson of Sleaford Mods. They just came out with a new record, Key Markets. We will drop it down in the description box below where you can check it out, where you can buy it, where you can uh, listen to some of it, check out my review as well. And Jason, thanks for being on. Nice one. Nice to have spoken to you, Anthony. You take care.